Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine Podcast, Conversations with Silicon Valley's Creatives. I'm Daniel Garcia, your host and the cultivator of Content Magazine, published by SV Creates. This episode of the Content Magazine Podcast is brought to you by Bonfire, a Silicon Valley digital agency building elevated websites for ambitious brands. Find out more about Bonfire at bonfire.com. Hello. Today we talk with Stacy Kellogg. She's an attorney, a consultant, and the co-director for San Jose Waltz. Hey, Stacy, how you doing? This is Daniel. Hey, Daniel. Doing good. How are you? I'm doing great. Great to talk to you. Thank you for taking time. I know that you are pretty busy, or at least coming off a very busy week last week, because San Jose Walls just had a week, week and a half of mural painting and activities, right? We did. We did. So it was um, it was about two and a half years in terms of planning. Oh, <laughs> but, wow. Wow. you know, uh, pandemic. Right. I mean, we, we were kind of like everybody else. We had to, I would say, hurry up and then wait. So, mm. yeah, this was this was our partnership with the Guadalupe River Park Conservancy that we started planning way back in in 2019, actually. And wow. so seeing the festival finally come to life, it was in a way, very surreal, but hmm. um, yes, you're you're definitely catching me maybe a little more tired than usual. <laughs> yeah. Well, okay. So let's let's even go back. I, w- I definitely want to get into all that, but I want to go back because um, you're probably running a little tired all the time because you seem like you're involved in a lot of things. And I think by trade, like your full time real m- gig, I, you know, is correct, or at least you were, you were an attorney, is that correct? Or doing law? Is that practicing law? Yeah, yeah, that's, that's correct. So attorney by trade, and I actually came out of about as far from the art sector as I think you can get. I was <laughs> um, in in the the private financial sector for a number of years and so did a bit of business development and project management work in that sphere worked full-time went to law school at night and then um, stayed on as as an in-house counsel handling every fun thing you can imagine anybody who has an hr department (laughs) um, they understand (laughs) so yeah yeah, so about a about a decade of experience doing that and then really just having this special opportunity to kind of reflect and say, you know, maybe it's time to go do something a little bit different. And Hmm, so hmm. for the last few years, getting the opportunity to kind of um, dabble and and work with my friends at Empire 7 Studios on different public art initiatives that they've been working on. Yeah. Yeah. So then, okay. So when you were young and in high school and all that kind of stuff, were you always kind of more drawn towards doing something you wanted to do law? Like how did that kind of develop in your life? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. I I grew up and was actually very involved in the performing arts, believe it or not. So okay. I grew up as, as a dancer, and then yeah. um, that was a huge part of my life up until probably about 16 and, and having to go and like get a, a real job, right, and start working. And yeah. and so totally grew up as a, as a lover of the arts. And I think just had like a a passion and an interest in it, Mm -hmm. but always, always wanted to go to law school. I'm one of those like Hmm. weird kids that kind of knew and had an interest in it from very early on. And I'm a history nerd. So a lot of that is, is certainly tied up into learning the law. So yeah, that was the path that I headed down. Yeah, cool. And you said that you were doing law school at night, like while you were working. Is that true? Or did I, is that what I hear? Yes. 
so that was just brutal to be, <laughs> to be honest, you know, it was um, actually, you know, a little bit of a blessing and a curse. I was hmm. fortunate to go to Santa Clara Law School yeah. and they have a, a program where you can actually go part time. So it takes yeah. four years instead of three. And I was, you know, in order to be able to afford it and not be drowning in more student loans, I made the decision where I thought, okay, I'm going to I'm going to work for a period of time Mm. before I apply to law school, save up some money, help with those costs. And then once I knew that I could actually continue working while doing law school at night, financially, it made the most sense for me. Mm. So I was really lucky to find a program where I could do it here locally. I didn't have to move. I could keep the same job that I had. So it was it was really, really a a great situation, but just a lot of work. Yeah, that's really yeah, that's it's a lot of work. Yeah, that's cool. So then, um, okay, so then you always kind of had an interest as you're younger in the arts. But now the thing is, is like you just kind of started showing up on the scene I, with definitely with Empire Seven, and then back when they were doing Pow Wow San Jose, right? Or doing Pow Wow. Um, how did you get involved then with Empire Seven and Juan Carlos and Jen and that? How did how did that come about? Um, because now you seem yeah. like you've kind of really gotten yourself embedded into the art scene, but. How did that begin? Yeah, so it actually started years ago. I won't even date myself, but when <laughs> Jen and Carlos were, were starting um, Empire Seven, the original like OG Empire Seven yeah. that was um, the the very first space down on North Seventh, um, we had a lot of mutual friends. Um, hmm. So for me, I saw them. It was kind of like this underground spot that my friends were having art shows at. And Mm -hmm. so for me, it became a natural place for me to go and and kind of enjoy. And at the time, I was really doing a lot of global business development work for the financial firm that I was working at. So Mm -hmm. I was traveling quite a bit. I had an address here, but I often was not living here. So as I bounced around in other cities, I really started to understand, particularly for a period of time when I was working in Philadelphia, just the power that when a city has like a strong arts and culture program element to it, what it does for a city and being able to kind of spend time in Philly. And I happened to be out there when Espo was working on his love letters project, kind of that series of murals along the train line. I just knew if I ever get an opportunity to do that in my hometown, I'm going to jump on it. Yeah. And Yeah. And then fast forward a number of years later, you know, um, Carlos and Jen were losing their space. And Carlos is, I think, better than anybody I know at seeking out opportunities to really build community through the arts. And so he jumped on it. You know, to his credit, he saw the opportunity to bring what was then powwow to San Jose. And the, the attorney in me is like, please don't get sued doing that, (laughs) you know, (laughs) thinking out all the, all the legal complexities around it. And then from there, you know, I was just addicted. I was in, I mean, I really, really saw an opportunity to go and help create the type of public art that I love to explore and find in other cities. I really wanted to bring that to San Jose. Yeah, that's cool. That's good. So then now, okay. So now there's been a little bit of a transition, you know, it was Powell San Jose with kind of powwow worldwide and then it kind of has moved to san jose walls like what's the what's all that relationship and what's going on there <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, no, it's a good question. So the the entire kind of global organization, right? You had um, what used to be called Powwow Worldwide, which is now called Worldwide Walls. Hmm. And what I think some folks don't realize is Worldwide Walls is actually this series of kind of independently yeah. um, managed festivals that are happening in over 20 cities around the world. And yeah. so... For us, you know, we have kind of our own local independence and leadership, and then we have this global network of other festival leaders that have different considerations and different challenges, right, all over Mm -hmm. the world. And so, you know, for a long time, we had actually been prepared and we're planning on moving away from the powwow name Mm -hmm. because of the cultural appropriation and the negative Mm -hmm. connotations that it has for Mm -hmm. members in the indigenous community. And, and for us, I think we very much saw that and Mm -hmm. wanted to be respectful. And, you know, these are people that we work with and people that we know and love, and we wanted to get that right. And it was, it was just time. And I think the, the global organization landed in a similar place. And so that's why everybody this year is going through that transition. So okay. some organizations, I think, are, are working through that kind of as we speak. But by the end of the year, yeah, we're expecting everybody to be fully transitioned. So okay. All right. anyone, yeah, so anybody that was previously like you know, Powwow Long Beach is now mm-hmm. Long Beach Walls. Okay. Um, Powwow Japan is Japan Walls. So kind okay. of just a an opportunity, I think, for respectful improvement all around. Yeah, that's awesome. That's cool. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was still, you know, affiliated or what was going on. And I know it's kind of, you know, that's kind of a shared vision. It's like a cohort in a way, um, you know, but independently, I guess, you know, San Jose and you guys have some decisions that you can make for your community, but you still kind of network and connect and make sure everything's fine with the international, right? Is that kind of the the way it works? Yeah. Yeah. That's absolutely how it works. So each of us basically are doing most of our own curation and most of our own fundraising. There's times where we do have kind of global support through sponsorships that we can share that makes sense at at a global level. Um, But it's, you know, it's really wonderful having those relationships that we're able to build with other cultural leaders really across the globe. You know, just during this latest festival, we actually had the director who runs Korea Walls. He Mm. came and he visited us during the festival and we got to show him around San Jose and kind of what we're doing with trying to build out the art walk. And and it's just great being able to influence each other even even through that global connection. Yeah, that's cool. Now, so then the great, I mean, the awesome project that you do that you're working on with the Guadalupe Conservatory. How did that kind of come about? Um, what was kind of like the impetus to kind of like get the connection on that? Yeah. So another one of those fun kind of um, past partnerships, you know. So we we had worked previously with Jason Sue, who. Mm-hmm. Um, at in a past life had worked for the downtown association and both through San Jose walls and through empire seven, we had worked together on um, commissioning various murals downtown. And then Jason had a, a great opportunity to move and become the executive director for the conservancy. And so as, as he made that transition, he immediately kind of reached out and said, Hey, you know, what do you guys think? Like what, is there an opportunity for us to do something in the GRPC? And so 
for us, it was really this unique opportunity to kind mm. of go what we love to do as a team is we really like to go and create in unexpected places that are really say need a little bit of love right and unexpected places and figuring out how do we create uh maybe a a fresher version of that public gathering place and make it just a little bit more special to help people see either what it could be or what it actually is that they just didn't notice before yeah and so Yeah, the GRPC has presented a really interesting opportunity for us to go and and rethink, you know, what can art look like Hmm. in a conservancy that happens to run through the urban core of downtown San Jose. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. And then so you were you you had started doing some a couple years years ago to paint a few different spots or a couple murals, I believe. So, um, but how many were just done this this past week at the beginning of May? What was, how many uh, different murals were put up? Yes. So we started with three. We had done three kind of up to prior to the festival. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we added nine more over wow. the last week. So yeah. that brings us up to up to 12. We feel like we actually have an art walk now. You know, mm-hmm. we were kind of joking, like when you have three pieces that are relatively close together, is it really a walk? You know, <laughs> right, <laughs> so right. being able to being able to spread it out a little bit. Um, now we we actually um, have kind of expanded the overall footprint of yeah. um, our map. So we're all the way kind of on the northern point right at at Coleman Avenue, just across from the Conservancy Visitor Center. And then we go all the way south to Mm. just a little bit south of Wazway, almost at 280. So really uh, covering the full, full trail. Yeah. Is there other space and murals that can go along the the river area there? Or is this kind of like you have done it all? (laughs) Yeah, I, I think that there's there's a lot of potential that resides um, within mm-hmm. uh, the park and the surrounding area. You know, I think for us, one of the things that's really exciting about it is the park actually already has a fantastic public art collection. This was one of the things that I will just hmm. totally own yeah. up to not knowing. Right. I mean, there's there's beautiful pieces really in and around the trail itself. And yeah. so that was something that we immediately fell in love with because it's an opportunity to highlight beautiful pieces that the city has already invested in and, and created. Yeah. And I think there there remains a lot of opportunity and hopefully beyond murals. You know, I think we're starting with murals because it's what we feel comfortable and, and know really well in terms of production and creating yeah. in the conservancy is incredibly challenging. I mean, it's a very, mm-hmm. it is a very tough place to create. I mean, everything from, fires to wildlife to floods we've had all of it happen over hmm. the course of oh, of wow. our time working working there so i think we definitely wanted to make sure as we came into it we were smart about how we activated and did things that we knew we could execute really well but yeah. we would we would love to i think continue to explore other mediums you know i think there's opportunity hmm. for hmm. potentially like lighting or sculpture there's there's yeah. definitely other things uh, we're hoping to continue to explore. Yeah. That whole trail is such a great resource. And they've really, you know, it really is a, a lot of opportunity there. I mean, there is sections that have, you know, haven't been able to have upkeep. and But there's some really cool spots. I remember even, you know, the one with the tiered stairs that's real close to 
what street is that? Must be Park or San Carlos, Santa Clara. Anyways, yeah. You know what a great spot for like a you know an amphitheater and events and all that kind of stuff. It would really be cool to see that you know activated. And I think the murals are really going to help because it's going to make it. It gives it color. It gives it life. It gives it you know a freshness. I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the hope. You know, I think we once we spent time in the park, we just completely fell in love with it. I mean, it's. It is a really unique thing for a city the size of San Jose to have any kind of park, right? <laughs> but yeah, to have yeah. a park that is the size and the the style of what the GRPC presents is fantastic. And I think for us, once we got in there and we saw just how interesting it was and how unique it is, I mean, there's there's not a lot of places in a city our size where you can go and see you know, a, a river mm-hmm. with fish, you can see hawks, you know, we have all these crazy stories of like, we've seen hawks eating baby ducks and like, really <laughs> like very, very like actual wildlife situations, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, um, it's, it's special. And I think yeah. it needs a lot of love. And it's certainly yeah. worthy of our time and effort and our respect. And I think we're hoping that we're going to show people that they're there's a new reason for them to go to the park and to enjoy it because yeah. actually one of the things we learned about while we've been working with them is, you know, that park and trail system actually gets over like 400,000 visitors a year. I mean, yeah. that's a lot. Yeah. And so for us, the opportunity to be curating and adding art to a location that's getting that type of visibility is also very unique and very special. So I think, we're hopeful that it's going to be something positive for the community as a whole. Yeah. Yeah. And I know the city wants to see more things happen there. And, um, you know, and I know when placemaking and like urban development and you look at cities who have somewhat of a river walk or something like that, um, that always seems to kind of bring kind of like vitality and life. And um, so, yeah, it's cool. I'm excited that you guys have been working on it. Um and must, it must be too, I would think. Now, let's get into a little bit of, since you're a lawyer, um, you know, painting and doing murals on walls is not always just an easy thing. Like, oh, yeah, sure, go ahead. I mean, there's a lot of red tape and bureaucracy that goes along with that, right? From the building owners to the city to transportation, right? What's some of the, the things that you've had to deal with in the past with doing murals? Oh, Daniel, how much time do we have? <laughs> yeah, it seems no, like it's an easy thing, you know, like, oh, can we can we put a paint a mural on here? Sure. Go ahead. But then it's like the Department of Transportation is saying like, well, <laughs> totally. Yeah, it's you know, it's interesting because as we float to different parts of the city, we have different challenges. Mm. So when we when we were downtown, you know, when we first started and we were kind of downtown, we were really trying to go after some of the big walls that people said, oh, you'll never get that wall, right? Hmm. And so the the challenge was like figuring out who is the property owner? How yeah. do you convince them that this is worth it? You know, what kind of commitments are you making? Yeah. And for us, like one of the rules of San Jose walls is we don't tell people what to paint. Yeah, There are yeah. no like it's not a commission, right? Like this is not a commissioned piece of artwork where the Hmm. building owner gets to tell the artist, Hey, I'd love something inspired by X, Y, Z. Right. So 
one of the cool parts about it for the artists is like they can paint what they want to paint. You know, we have general rules around like, please don't make it offensive and make our lives, you know, horrible. But um, but in general, the artists are like it's their concept. It's what they it's the stories they want to tell. And but in, in terms of painting on public property, Mm-hmm. We knew it was going to be complicated. We actually avoided it for a number of years because yeah. from a from a bandwidth perspective, sure. there's three of us that that do all of this. So it was it was a little challenging to figure out how can we take on, um, you know, the amount of work that it takes to, to make it happen. And yeah. so what what we ultimately decided on was let's scale down the number of walls. So instead of doing 20 walls, maybe we do half of that, but Mm -hmm. we're going to do it on public property because we know that this land is not slated for development. You know, a lot of the walls that we've done, particularly downtown, they're going to be developed. We're actually going to lose a number of murals this year, which we knew was going to happen and actually is in a lot of ways, a positive thing for the development of our city. But it's still it's still a bummer, you know, <laughs> to yeah, spend totally. all that time and and see it come down. So I think, yeah. you know, the the trade off of like coming into public uh, public property is you have to go and yes, we have to work with um, parks and recreation. We have to make mm-hmm. sure we're following Department of Transportation rules. We are mindful in the locations that we select that they're not creating safety hazards on the trail. That's a that's a big thing that maybe we mm. weren't expecting coming into it because there's yeah. walls that we would have loved to have done. But from a safety perspective, it doesn't necessarily make sense. So we've had to mm. select other locations. Yeah. And yes, we have to work with um, the water company to make sure that they're aware of what's happening in the waterway. We have to make sure we're not polluting the waterway. So there's a lot, there's definitely a lot um, of, of red tape for sure. Yeah. Yeah. It is kind of crazy. So then I, um, we're going to shift gears here, but uh, tell me about your, do you still have your trailer, your scamp, your vintage? I do. I do. It's still (laughs) like a total obsession. I was actually, so, you know, I'm getting through this week. I'm kind of catching up on uh, all of the stuff that was happening while we've been busy producing the murals. But yeah, yeah, next week I am camping again. I can't wait. So yeah, it's like a, it's a little uh, vintage fiberglass trailer. It's a 1978 scamp. And I just totally love it. Yeah. My husband, Scott and I, we, bought it like five years ago and have spent we finally got time during the pandemic to restore it so now we just get to camp and enjoy (laughs) yeah so was it what kind of shape was it in when you got it was there like i think i saw something that there was like rot in it and some mold or something you had to take care of or something oh yeah yeah it (laughs) was fresh out of 1978 (laughs) so it was it was in need of a lot of love but we um i i'm really lucky because my partner is incredibly handy and he uh yeah he's he's definitely got all the all the skills down but it was like a lot of let's watch youtube videos and learn how to fiberglass and uh we oh, just wow. kind of jumped in it was actually pretty fun yeah what's one thing on that that you've done that you're like hey i'm, I'm pretty proud of myself that i was able to do this you know we i i was actually able to help like restore the interior the siding Hmm. it's a very specific material um, on the inside it actually looks kind of like elephant skin so that's what Hmm. they call it but technically it's called insulate Hmm. so i was pretty proud of myself because i figured out how to patch an area that had been ripped and like 
make it look very seamless. You wouldn't even have known that there was a rip there and kind of patch it and paint it. And it looks like brand new. That's cool. So is that kind of your, um, I don't know, that's how you kind of like restore or that's your to get away and go kind of um, scamp? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, totally. So for us, it was, um, this is this is actually my five-year wedding anniversary is oh. today. Oh, and congratulations. So, Happy anniversary. Yeah, thanks. So I bring that up because when we decided, you know, what we were going to do instead of a honeymoon, we said, you know what? Like we were fortunate. We had actually both traveled quite a bit. And hmm. so we we were a little, we were ready to kind of just be home, <laughs> truth be told. So yeah. we thought, you know what? Like, let's skip a honeymoon. And we bought a trailer instead so mm. we could go camping because we both grew up camping with fam- with our families and just loved it. And yeah. so, yeah, that's like what we do for fun now. It's yeah. maybe not the most exciting thing, but yeah, we have fun with it. Yeah, no, that's cool. What's, uh, what's one of your favorite places then to camp or to go to like our... Yeah, I, you know, we, we love Sunset Beach, like Watsonville. Mm. That's just such a close and easy staple. Um, Yosemite. I mean, if you can get a reservation, it's, (laughs) it's the dream. You can't, you can't beat it. But yeah, those are, those are some of our favorites. Yeah, that's cool. That's fun. Um, So then, so let's go back then to San Jose Wall. So what, what is your... You're, I mean, I guess you're the director and development. Like what, I mean, are you the HR <laughs> and the lawyer do the contracts? What's, what's, what's your role? What do you do? Yeah. Yeah. So we all wear a lot of hats on our team, yeah. uh, being, being three of us, right. Kind of overseeing things, yeah. but I spend, I, I definitely handle, uh, all of the legal, the mm. logistics that come up. Yeah. Um, I'm also doing a lot of the, I would say, program management. So coming okay. up with what is this looking like from the 10,000 foot level, mm. right? And mm. like coming up with the strategic planning to think about when are we doing what and mm. making sure that we have an actual program that we're running because you know, especially as we're creating in a public setting where there is more red tape, you know, something as basic as if we don't get the approval from the public art committee at the meeting that we have to get it at, you know, we are now two months delayed (laughs) and the importance of, of kind of that logistical side of things to make sure that, um, all of the plates that are spinning in the air to make it happen, come together on time. Yeah, that's cool. You know, I I have to say that, you know, thank you. <laughs> um, people with your skill set and gifts and talents, you know, I really do make art happen. I mean, you know what I mean? Without someone who can think about program, think about budget, think about contracts, think, you know what I mean? It's for those of us who tend to be just more on like, I want to create side. Without you guys, we would be lost. So I <laughs> thank you for the whole community, you know. It's great to see like well, thank you know, Yeah. Yeah. No, then, I was just going to say thank you. Thank you for saying that because I think one of the one of the interesting realities of being somebody that's maybe less creative, right? Like nobody wants me to go and like paint a mural. Trust me, you don't want me doing that. <laughs> but it's it's like but having 
an interest in the arts and being yeah. a lover of the arts mm -hmm. for literally my entire life. You know, I think folks that are, are from more of a traditional business mindset, I think they sometimes want to get involved, but they yeah. don't understand that they actually can add value. And yeah. I think you're right. I think I see how many creatives I work with and, and that's what some of like my freelance and consulting work resolves around is mm. like figuring out how I can use my curiosity and my professional training mm -hmm. on a variety of fronts to help creatives go do something that they've never done before, you know, yeah. if, and sometimes that looks like an artist who is like, Hey, I created a mural. I want to get a licensing deal. How do I go and do that? Yeah. Right. Helping, helping artists think out how do you, you don't have to be a starving artist. You know, I think right. that's probably the biggest thing that is front of mind for me is I look around and what makes cities and communities interesting and cool, honestly, is like the small businesses, arts and culture, yeah. you know, great restaurants. And those are all yeah. people that are creatives, right? That yeah. need help and support on the business side of things in order to survive. Yeah. And so I think that's really what gives me joy is figuring out how I can use my skill set to partner with people that have a different skill set mm. that creates the things that I love about my city that I think are really cool about San Jose in particular. Yeah. Yeah. That's cool. I think too, you know, a lot of times, you know, you know, we've even with, you know, SV creates and, you know, content magazine, we've moved away from a lot of times using the word art and artists because we think of it a lot, a lot broader in the terms of create creativity. You know, and so people who work with numbers and people who work with, um, you know, contracts, they're, they're still problem solving. There's still, there's a lot of creativity that's going. It's just a different set. It's not paint. It's not sculpture. It's not photography, but it's still really, you know, like you were talking about, using curiosity and solving problems and helping things happen and making the world better. So um, there's a lot of creativity to, you know, what you're doing, you know, it's awesome. And I've seen yeah. that, you know, from the side of seeing Empire Seven, seeing Powell, seeing, you know, Jen and Juan Carlos. And then, you know, I feel like you've kind of like helped the team be stronger. Right. And that's a uh, that's exciting to see because, you know, we definitely want, um, you know, as, as a citizen, I still I want to see murals go up and art happening here in town. So thanks for being a part of that. Oh, thanks. Thanks for recognizing that. And I think. It also says a lot about the fact that you have folks like Jen and Carlos that have been creating in the yeah. city for yeah. years, right? Yeah. And really these like institutions with respect to arts and culture here in San Jose yeah. that are open enough and willing enough and confident enough to say, yeah, I'll take the help. Like, let's yeah, go, right? Totally. Like, let's, let's level up and let's figure out how to go do all of this stuff that we've never done before, right? And I think we're having a lot of fun because we've it's taken time right like any team totally. but i do feel like we've really started to kind of gel and click in a way where we understand each other's collective strengths and weaknesses and we're yeah. comfortable enough just saying like you know what i'm not great at that you're fantastic you take yeah. it <laughs> you know yeah. like i'm better at this i'll take on this right and it's like yeah. there's no egos there's no judgment and i think when you can get a team to that point it really yeah. You just you just see things blooming, right? And it's actually really fun to be a part of as well. Yeah, that's cool. Well, good. So what's then, uh, I know it's uh, recovering from last week. 
heading out for anniversary in the scamp. But what's next then for San Jose Walls? What's coming up next? You guys already got yeah. uh, stuff on the calendar? <laughs> so, you know, we have some private commission work that we'll be doing that you'll see kind of later in the year that I mm-hmm. can't say too much about. But I think, you know, what I can definitely share is we're going to pause a little bit to figure out what's next with respect to the art walk. We want to mm. stay there. We want to stay in the GRPC. Yeah. We want to continue to think about whose stories are not being told and mm. how do we help go and tell them. I think, um, you know, a lot of the work that we try to do with the last festival was reflect on um, what types of artists and what type of art did we think was missing hmm. from representation in public spaces. And so thinking about, you know, the city is over 30% Asian, it's over 30% Latino, right? Like mm-hmm. how are we telling those types of stories? And so that that definitely influenced a lot of kind of our latest round of work. And I mm-hmm. think we're curious to, as I shared a little bit earlier, m- maybe move into different mediums, maybe move beyond just murals and hmm. and think about sculpture and lighting and yeah. um, digital digital content as well. I know I have a huge interest in that. I'm hmm. currently um, exploring the metaverse and I'm turning yeah. into a huge like NFT nerd. So, oh, awesome. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> perhaps that's some cool. projects um, on that front as well. Oh yeah, that's cool. That's awesome. Um, so then, yeah, um, that's that's exciting. It'll be fun to see. So then, um, what about for like you know funding? Now is is I don't you know I, I should have researched, but it sounds like Walls is working as a nonprofit. It's for profit or it's a foundation. Like what's the the structure and uh, how does that all work? Yeah. So currently for profit, I think nonprofit is a potential consideration for the future. We talk about it. Um, Mm -hmm. For us, I think we've just continued to kind of like keep moving forward. And um, from a funding perspective, yeah, we we do all of our own fundraising. So Mm -hmm. we're the ones that are writing the grants. We're building out partnerships with different organizations, uh, folks like a Kelly Moore or Mm -hmm. Cresco, you know, these great businesses here locally that help provide support in a variety of ways yeah that's cool yeah awesome um so then let's uh you say that you're a little bit of a history buffer you're like you enjoy history what is uh do you have like a little history fact or a uh a favorite person of history that you kind of like uh idolize or researched or anything like that Oh, interesting question. A favorite person of history. You know, I think I don't have like a favorite. I think where I really nerd out on history are all things kind of constitutional and Hmm. and relating to like the founding of of our our great country and particularly Hmm. with everything that's going on right now. Right. Mm -hmm. I think it's a really interesting time to be. Um, especially coming out of having been to law school, I'm amazed hmm. at like how many uh, people seem to be interested in the Constitution now. That's kind of fun <laughs> to watch. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think, I don't know. I mean, I'm like, I'm fascinated um, by all different kinds of folks, really. Um, yeah. Yeah. Would you say then, are you more history buff in the sense of like 
uh, for like documents and like for the law thing, that's not so much necessarily for the people or something or. Yeah. I mean, I mean a mix of both, right? Yeah. Like I'm, I'm the person I love. I'm, and I'm like blanking on a good nugget right now, but <laughs> like thinking about, thinking about like the little nuggets that you learn, like, um, okay. One that just kind of was very interesting to hear firsthand was we were down during the festival. Um, one of the owners of Kagura um, shop in Japantown, right? This mm -hmm. institution in Japantown. Um, Richard, the owner, was letting our team kind of borrow. He has a wonderful collection of like vintage sting, stingray bicycles. Oh, yeah, so he yeah. was letting our team borrow some for our mural ride. And we were talking about how um, Kagura just redid their beautiful neon sign out in front of their shop. And he was explaining to us, you know, the history of the sign itself and hmm. all of the different iterations of what had been on the sign hmm. and how that actually tied back to, you know, his grandparents and losing the shop because they were put in an internment camp. Yeah. And so during that period, the people who were taking care of the shop, having their family name on it instead of the Kagura name, hmm. and then having, you know, when they were able to get the shop back, having Kagura put back in, in kind wow. of large letters. And, and so I think that kind of stuff I love, like the history of, of place, I think is particularly interesting. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, it's interesting. Um, what would you say for you then? What's kind of like your guiding philosophy of life? Like what's, what kind of uh, your North Star? Hmm. I think my North Star is figuring out how to improve things in a way that comes from an honest intention to serve, hmm. you know? So I think really trying to think about how can I serve in this moment? Who can I serve in this moment? Mm -hmm. And really what's going to make sense in terms of improving things. And sometimes that means doing absolutely nothing and leaving it be, right? Sure. And sometimes I think that means just getting your hands dirty and jumping in and sometimes doing things you don't even necessarily want to do, but it's just, it's the right thing to mm -hmm. go and do. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. And then over the last couple of years, I mean, uh, you know, COVID has been, an interesting time for everybody for work and personal family and you're somewhat a newlywed when it hit <laughs> um what's something that you have kind of learned about yourself in those these last couple of years mm, yeah it's been you know it's been tough and and i will say i don't have kids so i yeah. i look at parents that have been doing this and yeah. it just it blows me away yeah. um but i think I know I'm a little bit of a homebody. I, I knew that coming into the pandemic. So, mm -hmm. you know, in certain ways I was like, oh, I'm totally built for this. Mm -hmm. But <laughs> in, yeah. in other ways, um, I think what I've learned about myself that has really surprised me is how much I actually need and want like shared experiences with hmm. strangers hmm. as strange, you know, as strange as that's going to sound, but like, and I think the I think it's really like arts and culture is like such a such a great example. So like for mm -hmm. me, you know, I of course I miss gathering with friends and family. That I would have expected, but I wouldn't yeah. have expected necessarily like I really miss going and getting a cup of coffee at a great coffee shop and like 
talking, you know, with the barista or the people Mm. working there or like, you know, that buzz of energy that people have in a crowd, like before a show starts when you're going to like a performance or just like seeing random strangers, everybody vibing on the same music at a bar. Like I, I wasn't expecting to miss that. And I really missed that during the pandemic. Yeah. Yeah. So then with that, then let's, uh, as you talked about a little bit, you're exploring the, the metaverse and stuff like that. Uh, what's, uh, yeah. Yeah, so like in what, what, what lay are you, what, I mean, you doing like what Oculus, you know, glasses and that kind of stuff or like, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. Yeah. So a little bit of that, which is yeah. just a total, total trip. Um, it's and more very... kind of gaming or actually like where you just kind of go in and you hang out with people in spaces I like I'm I'm so unmeta <laughs> yeah no 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 it's good because literally like six months ago I would have known nothing yeah. um but what actually made me interested in it is I've had a lot of artists that are friends or that I've worked with that are curious particularly around like nfts and like mm-hmm. why are artists so my whole thing is like why are artists even interested in this right, right. <laughs> so yeah. um but What I've come to realize is uh, the power, particularly for creators, that uh, really is happening in this this world of Web3, because Mm -hmm. when it comes to NFTs, there's a really unique ability to track your royalties and Mm -hmm. automatically get paid every single time that piece sells. And so if you think about it from like, um, our, our current situation, artists trying to track a painting selling time over time over time. Yeah. It's um, cumbersome. And I think most artists are not <laughs> tracking it, to be honest. So yeah. to have an NFT that can automatically do that for you and get you paid a commission every time, I think is incredibly interesting. Um, yeah. But yeah, so for me, it's less on the gaming side. It's more on researching and and investing in different nft projects and understanding Mm. the communities behind them there's a very interesting community aspect to all of it that i wouldn't have anticipated but Mm. it's um it's it's very interesting there's projects that have like private events if you're a member in the nft project and networking opportunities i'm actually going next month to an nft conference in new york so who knows what that will be like yeah that's cool Um, yeah. Yeah, you have to tell me what you learned and I'm excited about. We actually have a one of uh, our writers who's an artist and uh he wrote a kind of like an editorial op-ed for this issue that's coming out next week that's about NFTs and it was pretty fascinating. Like I I didn't know the same thing about the community aspect of it and the pain and um yeah, it's it's interesting so I can't wait to hear you what you yeah, yeah, I will. I will go to this conference and I will report back. But yeah. it's interesting because what's come out of it is so probably my my biggest interest in all of it, besides the opportunity for artists to be getting paid for their work mm-hmm. is um, right now it's a space that's growing so incredibly quickly. And it like like tech when tech was first happening, mm-hmm. um, it's very homogenous. So mm. very few women in the space, hmm. very few artists of color in the space and creatives in the space. And I, I, the latest kind of report that I was looking at was talking about how 
like less than 5% of all the NFTs that have been created are created by women. Hmm. And like 6% of all of the crypto that's being purchased is purchased by women. And so hmm. as a as a woman, I look at that and I just, my red flag radar goes off, yeah. right? Like this yeah. is a space that we need to diversify and we need to understand. And, and for me, that's really why I want to jump in and, and just think about is it a is it a place to be that I think other women in particular should be in and so hmm. yeah. yeah so I'm also working on um, an NFT project with an artist friend who's based in Mexico City so we're kind of jumping in together and, and cool. figuring it out oh awesome that's cool yeah well, well yeah. definitely we have to do another podcast about NFTs like in a year from now just about that that would be really cool super cool yeah yeah definitely I'm in yeah. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you, Stacey. I really appreciate what you're doing, you know, for San Jose, for the community, for the arts. And thank you again, you know, for sharing um, just your skills and your talents to to help make our community a more vibrant place. So I really appreciate it. And, you know, thank you for your, your time today on this podcast. Oh, thanks for having me, Daniel. It was a great conversation. Cool. All right. We'll talk to you later. Okay. Bye. To find out more about San Jose Walls and to find a map of the Guadalupe River Walkway, go to their website, sjwalls.com, and follow them on Instagram at San Jose Walls. And find out more about the Guadalupe River Park Conservancy by going to their website, grpg.org. Thank you for listening to the Content Magazine podcast. Follow us on social media at Content Mag. Become a member and help us to continue to tell the stories of the South Bay's creatives. This episode's music is 408 by Jack Pavlina. Follow him on Spotify and also on his Instagram at Jack Pavlina Music.